Advent has begun. Uh, this is the, the, the four-week build-up period to, to Christmas uh, that would have been traditionally a period of, of fasting, uh, a solemn occasion in the church, but now has really been amalgamated in just to be in this, this build-up to Christmas Day and the, the start of festivities. In fact, exactly when Christmas season starts is, is much disputed. It seems to be um, the, 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 the key marker uh, is when people uh, start to see the big Christmas adverts from the department stores and the national chains when uh, Asda and Sainsbury's start to advertise Christmas food. And, and the biggies, of course, everybody these days looks out for the, the big budget John Lewis advert and all the big names are trying to compete with that. Uh, this year, Marks and Spencers really went for it uh, with an advert which started with lots of little sort of quaint, cute scenes, Christmassy scenes of people beginning to celebrate and, and then uh, turn in on the Christmas celebrations and start destroying and getting rid of the, 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 the decorations and the, the usual sort of uh, trappings of festivity. Uh, in one notable scene, um, paper crowns are thrown into a fire to burn. And the punchline is this, that you can celebrate this-mas instead of that-mas. Marx and Spencer are arguing that there is this idea of Christmas and how it's got to be celebrated with all of the traditions, the tinsel, the, the, the particular types of food, the presents, the parties, all those kinds of things. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. You can celebrate in your own way. Make it this-mas, uh, the Christmas that you want to celebrate, not that-mas, uh, the Christmas... that has been imposed on you. And at one level, I've got some sympathy with that. Uh, Christmas can be caught up with particular traditions and trappings that are nothing to do with the real joy of that special day. Uh, but on the other hand, the other came across quite a bit as killjoy. Uh, we want to take away the fun. Uh, also, as quite selfish, do what you want, do what makes you happy, regardless of how anyone else thinks or feels. And of course, the, the punchline finished with a plug for Marks and Spencer. So whilst it may not have been uh, particularly highlighting their products this year, the point was that if you want to celebrate thismas, the one that you want, the one that you choose, then we at Marks and Spencers are here to supply you with all the consumer worldly goods that you might want. Uh, thismas doesn't seem in the end that different from any other Christmas. It is still about me. It's still about my hedonistic enjoyment, regardless of anyone else. Well, I want to challenge that.
And the reason I want to challenge it is 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 this. When the big department stores and the high street chains and the online giants start to advertise, remember that if there is Thismus, their vision of Christmas, of individual personal indulgence, then that's not new. That didn't arrive with Marks and Spencers this year. Uh, as I asked when people responded and got angry about the advert, yes, yes, it was commercial. Yes, it was about self-centred greed, narcissistic even. But was anybody surprised by that? What were you expecting? That is the very thismus, the very Christmas that we expect this world to offer. Uh, and I want to suggest that if it comes to a choice between thismus, the one that Marks and Spencers and John Lewis and Sainsbury's and Amazon offer, and thatmus, an alternative vision of Christmas, I choose thatness you see the the marks and spencers advert was all about choosing what made me happy and it was subjective pluralistic even whatever makes you happy you do you because we live in a world where the only true authority the only true judge is me. So who is, who has the right, who is there to tell me how I should go about celebrating Christmas? Who is there to tell me how I should live my life? Luke at the start of his gospel writes these words, Luke 1 verse 1 to 4, inasmuch as many have undertaken to complete a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us. Just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. Luke um, was a doctor, a physician, um, who um, became a Christian and accompanied uh, the Apostle Paul on some of his missionary journeys. And he also has this desire to be a historian, uh, not to record any old history, but specifically to record the history of how the church was born, how the good news came to us. Uh, this is probably the last of the Gospels, to, of the Synoptic Gospels. There's four Gospels. Um, we, refer to, we refer to Matthew, Mark and Luke as the Synoptics. There's a sense of a relationship between them. And then the fourth, which was probably written finally, is John's Gospel, which has a different feel to it. But the last of the Synoptic Gospels is, is Luke. And that means that Matthew and Mark would already have been circulating. And there may have been other 
eyewitness records that were just generally circulating about. And Luke says, I wanted to take responsibility for putting an account together as well, to compile a narrative, verse 1. Um, and he acknowledges there's already plenty of people that have been eyewitnesses, lots of people delivering the message. This is something he is doing as well, not instead of, verse 3. Uh, but he does it having followed things closely. He's been doing his research, talking to eyewitnesses, reading the accounts that exist, uh, to put together an orderly account. That's not to say that the others were disorderly, that they weren't in, uh, that they weren't in the right chronology. Uh, it doesn't mean that Luke is necessarily taking a chronological approach. By orderly, he means structured to achieve a particular point and purpose. Uh, he's writing to a guy called Theophilus. Um, could be a nickname. Uh, Theophilus would mean one who loves God, who would be like the, the sponsor to make sure that this book got distributed out, but also somebody who Luke seems to care about personally wants him to know. Why? Verse 4, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So that the things that... Theophilus and any of the readers uh, um, have heard about Jesus, about his birth, his life, his miracles, his teaching, his death and his resurrection. Well, they can know for sure that it is true. They can have assurance. Now, this is something carefully researched, objectively true. This is not just about how Luke feels about things, about what Luke wants to do or what Theophilus feels. This is something objectively true that is credible and you can go and check out the evidence yourself. That's the sense of things here. And I think that gives us a reminder, an insight, an instruction about how we are to engage with Christmas and how we're to engage with Advent. Uh, that instead of the subjective self-centeredness of this-mas, we want to look again at that-mas, at the first Christmas at the birth of our Saviour Jesus, this objective and real and true event in history, uh, to understand what it means for us. And so uh, be able to celebrate the good news in the right way.